What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle Project Podcast. This is your host, Nick Marcos, and this is my newest project where I'm sitting down with local business owners and community members who truly embody the hustle mentality. We're going to dive in deep and get their amazing stories of the ups, the downs, and everything in between. So whether you're an entrepreneur, you want to be an entrepreneur, or you're just someone who enjoys hearing the stories behind our community's movers and shakers, this is the podcast for you. So tune in and take pride knowing that we have these great people with incredible stories living right here in our neighborhood. Make sure you tune in weekly for our newest episodes. For more information, check out our website, hustleprojectpodcast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Project Podcast. Enjoy this week's episode, guys. Welcome, everybody, to the Hustle Project Podcast. This is episode number four. This week, I met with Mike Shafino. He's the owner of Holy Cow Ice Cream in Gloucester and soon to be his newest location in Peabody. Now, Mike has a different story than what you'd expect. He became an entrepreneur by accident. And in doing so, he realized what he was really capable of. You see, Mike has always been the kind of guy who performs his best when he's under pressure. And by becoming an entrepreneur, he's now realizing how much of a strength that really is. I mean, he opened an ice cream shop with no experience, but he hustled and he was willing to be an innovator. And now he's running at the front of the pack. Mike, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. So give me the backstory because... I'm extremely intrigued. I know a lot of people out there are probably intrigued. They want to know who's the man behind this creation? Who's the man behind Holy Cow Ice Cream? So where are you from originally? Yeah, so I'm from Linfield originally, and um, the whole Holy Cow thing kind of surprised me as well as everyone else involved. But uh, yeah, so I was living in Boston at the time, and I was doing real estate rentals, um, not really loving the hustle of the, uh, the nights and weekends, and barging in on people while they didn't want to be showing their apartments to you and basically like just it was it was really not was up this your my first alley. job out of college um yeah so i actually right out of college i was an education major obviously not on the same path now but um i'm loving what i'm doing but don't get me wrong but i was uh i graduated college and right out of college my dad was sick um and straight out of uh, college, I pretty much had to start helping him with his um, with his real estate that he had, and he had some rental properties, and basically I became his proxy, and uh, yeah, in 2010, he passed away, so sorry to hear that, yeah, it was tough, but um, it's one of these things that like, I can't succeed in something unless I'm thrown into it. Um, I was the person that woke up at four in the morning to write a five paragraph essay that was due at eight o'clock in the morning. So it was pretty much, I don't uh, think you were alone there. Yeah. I mean, like I, you know, I didn't do horrible in school, but I definitely did not have a passion for, uh, you know, well, it wasn't Jane Eyre or whatever the hell. Right. We it doesn't to sound be. like you were built for school, right? Yeah. It was definitely not built for, uh, built for school, but I ended up doing the real estate rental thing. Wasn't in love with the you know, the hustle of that either. Um, 
This I is was, your dad's real estate now. This was so my you dad's did real, real estate, estate rentals in Boston, and then uh, that the real estate and re, uh, rentals in Boston was post being the uh, executor of my dad's estate, pretty much. Okay. So right after he passed away, I took on managing, you know, everything from rundown apartments in Revere, East Boston, and then I had a, a motel in Dennis Port that was. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of headaches, and there was some pending um, projects going on in Dennisport at the time. We were trying to we were doing weekly rentals in these units, and the weekly rental scene in Cape Cod in the winter is uh, <laughs> dismal. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like it's, ice cream in the winter. It's eye opening. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's like I'll, I'll get a call from like uh, the the guy who was managing it up there that you know someone was. Uh, flushing the toilet until it flooded on purpose. And then, you know, we had to, it was just like a nonstop. There was people sabotaging units. It was just, it was a lot of, uh, you know, transients, um, people staying there weekly. That was probably the the low of the, the entire uh, span of, of managing all that stuff. But, um, you know, we had to get rid of certain properties to pay a lot of uh, estate taxes that came up and yep. things like that. So your dad was very well invested in real estate. Um, what did your dad do? So my dad was in the restaurant business and in real estate. He had... Um, did he own something locally on the North Shore? He had a bunch of different restaurants over the years. Um, one being the most successful, I believe, was uh, Michael Seaside, which was on Revere Beach. And, you know, I, my memories as a, as a kid would be going behind the bar and making Shirley temples and, uh, you know, getting some mozzarella sticks and right. basically just like, I, I, I was the lucky little kid that would go behind the bar and got to wheel and deal and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So I had fun doing that, obviously. Um, so my dad got rid of, you know, he got out of the restaurant business in his later years, probably, uh, late forties, you know, early fifties, he passed away at 58, I believe. Uh, he, he had his hand in a bunch of things, but at the time that I jumped into everything, it was just real estate. And slowly over time, you were, you were able to sort of bring everything under control. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's one of these things that like looking back on it, especially seeing, you know, what the, the market has done in terms of, you know, the, the, the comps of the sales in East Boston now is like, right. sometimes I just want to, you know, go back in time and not short sale this property so I could pay an estate right. tax when I probably could have refinanced uh, a certain property to pay it off and hold yeah. on to all of it. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, yeah, it is. and, and you know it's... You can't live there because in the end, you had to make the right decision at that time yeah. right, to get where you are now. If you didn't make the right decision at that time and you held on, that might have created more stress, which may have throwing you off somewhere else in life. So you don't really know. You can't really live there. But I can, yeah, I can understand exactly. the frustration. I mean, We've all done Everybody's done that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. But at the same time, my path ended up being a little bit different. And um, after basically, you know, settling all the, uh, the estate aspect of the whole, um, the estate and, you know, managing the sure. rental properties and everything else. So that's when I started doing uh, rentals in Boston. And uh, that wasn't for me. And okay. so that's when Gloucester comes into the picture. And I was so wait, hold on one second. So you're done. You you, you settled your dad's real estate issues. You yep. ran into Boston. You started doing real estate. Mm -hmm. um, and then somehow you magically became 
on an ice cream entrepreneur. <laughs> oh yeah, just uh, snap like of fingers. Natural I, was, yeah, yeah. I became a baker. Uh, <laughs> no, so what happened was I was looking for. I always had my eye on like you know future investment properties and all this stuff, and it's like, oh, I don't have a million dollars to buy a two unit in uh, in Boston or right. East Boston, Chelsea, sure. whatever the hell. Um, so I was looking further and further outside of Boston to be able to find, you know, I wanted actual units. I wanted, uh, you know, not a thousand dollars a square foot. Um, so I found a property in Gloucester and I didn't really know much about Gloucester. Um, I just knew that, you know, I had friends that would, we would go to Winger Chic and we'd Mm -hmm. go to Good Harbor and your typical Gloucester. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a, it's the North shore destination to go. So I found this building that was five units. You know, it had it had the red X on the uh, the outside indicating that it was uh, you know an abandoned property, and I think that indicates to not go inside if it's on fire to the firefighter. <laughs> I did not know something. That, yeah, yeah it, it's some condemned sign basically. So that that building was. You know, it's a good size building. And so this it's, was what you were planning on doing. You were going to start. You were going to stay in the real estate business, but you were just going to do something. Right. And at the time, like I, I was thinking more along the lines of like, you know, a, a flip or something like that as mm-hmm. my next move. And you know, that's that's not really the smartest move for just because you never know what's going to be next after you have to reinvest in 1031 exchange and right. you know, so you don't get taxed extra and all that stuff. But um, so I was looking for, you know, I was flexible on what I was going to do. And I saw this building that was very cheap compared to what I was looking for at the time. And I mean, I had a little bit saved up and, you know, so I, I looked at it and uh, I put in like a real low ball offer on this property and they came back with not much More. higher than that. So I was like, done, yeah. <laughs> let's get moving on it. So I didn't know much about the area. That I was, your just, fir- was that your first like... Real estate transaction on your own? My, my actually, my well, on my own, yes. Um, my, I have one that was my first was. Uh, so my dad and I went to. We my plan was with my dad. I was like, I was the original plan was I'm going to be in education, um, you know, do that, have some do summers and stuff. Uh, have you know have spare time in the summer to do stuff with my dad and like you know other real estate endeavors basically. So it was going to be your side hustle. Yeah, exactly. That was going to be, yeah. And I was, I mean, looking back on it now, it's like, I was, uh, I was very into the April vacation and February Uh vacation and summers. And it was kind of like, I mean, no, no offense to anyone that's an educator, but it's like, I don't think I would have lasted doing that (laughs) now because I, you know, I, I need to be busy and I can't be, you know, just different kind of busy. too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Educators have you know, their, their lifestyle, which is admirable for different reasons, but what you're doing is just, it excites you differently. Right. So. Right. So, um, I'm trying to think of where I, I go off on a million tangents yeah, so there. So you bought this abandoned building yeah, essentially so, right, at, back at to a that. really good deal. Um, and it sounds like an accident is about to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I, I go up there and, you know, scope out the property. This is before we close and everything. I'm like, so but, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a Lynn guy. Um, mm-hmm. I live in Danvers now. I've been to Gloucester a handful of times, just like everybody on the North Shore. I mean, it's a beautiful city. It's it's so different than a lot of the other. It's a very distinct. Um, the people of Gloucester are really awesome. I I've been to that area a few times, but I would have never known there was an ice cream shop if it wasn't for modern technology. Like we went on uh, online and like yelped it and saw what was in the area. So 
I would assume that there wasn't any successful business there before, right? So what happened there was I got lucky in a few different ways. And uh, it's tough saying lucky when, you, when you're hustling on things sure, because yeah, it's I like, agree, yeah, it, what is the, what's the saying? Luck is the, the mixture of, I don't know, I'm going to sound Being stupid at the right saying place this. At the right time? Yeah, sure, there, there, there's some saying the along the lines The one thing for of, sure is it's hard for someone who's, who's earned their success through a lot of hard work yeah, yeah, to yeah. swallow the luck pill because yeah. it's like, well, I can't just discount all my hard work and effort right, right. And with, with one word, luck. I mean, I believe that luck exists. I'm sure you do too, yeah, but yeah. that's not what I define as luck. Well, my, my, uh, my opportunity that came up in this area was that there was a park that was across the street and I, you know, I took that into account when I bought the building. I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a park, whatever. When I ended up getting there and seeing what the park was and what the status was, I was like, oh, this is. Uh, this was it? A, is it a? Was it a tougher neighborhood at the time, or is it? Like, yeah, is it so it's there. It's got its. It's got its pros and cons. Um, yeah. And kind of the further. But it's so good for guys like you come in and you know when you invest money and right, you open a business right. and you bring sort of that good energy to the neighborhood and, and hopefully there, if enough there people are do so that. many good people that are looking out for that neighborhood and I got to know so many of these these people John McElhaney of like the Burnham's field well I should probably go back real quick but the moral of the story is that pretty much the day that we started uh, demo in that building uh, they broke ground on like a three hundred thousand dollar government grant to r fix this field across the street, Burnham's oh, Field. Wow! So yeah, that's perfect that, time. That's uh, yeah, exactly. It was str nice strategic, very strategic on my part. <laughs> yeah, right. Not lucky by by any means. Well, that we can consider luck. Yeah, sure. exactly. That was luck. So so you bought this building, right? Yeah. But you but I mean I, I'm still not making the ice cream connection because so you made a real estate investment. There's yeah. a retail storefront there. Yeah, so there what, was... What happened? How did this light go off and why? So plan was, I, I mean, we knew what... It, there was a barbershop on one side. So it's a five-unit building, um, two commercial, three residential. And one was an old barbershop. We're talking like, you know, 50s, you know, hasn't been touched. And, and yeah, and then the on the other side was this ice cream shop. There was in not awful condition it's just by no means what i would have you Vacant know for how i mean how long um i think it was probably somewhere around 10 years it's tough to find information about the past of holy cow despite despite like you know looking up on the internet you think you can find anything i still can barely find pictures of like you know the old the building in the past blah 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 but so anyways i i broke uh any estimate to how long it was empty i mean it was an ice cream shop was it successful or did something happen like so why people basically you must have done that homework right because you're like right yeah so so you know i found out that this used to be an ice cream shop by you know, having a having a water and a sub on the curb, me and my brother-in-law would go in. This is before even the contractors got involved. We get a little sledgehammer happy sometimes, and oh, we yeah. we go uh, we go wild and work some stress out. Yeah, exactly. And you know, two tetanus shots later at the the local CVS because we were uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we were talking about a building. I think it was I think it's a 1901, wow, maybe yeah. very old. Right. Um, bomb shell fallout shelter down in the basement. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and like th this is a very old historic building. Um, so you know we're we're doing demo to it. One of the linoleum tiles that I popped off on the on the third floor had this creepy writing on the bottom of the underneath the linoleum that was like 
to whoever finds this, like it was, Get out of here. It, it was like chilling. I have a picture of it on my phone. Um, did, did you save it? Yeah, I have. It's the it's the creepiest it's in the ice cream thing. Shop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just in case anyone's wondering if this is haunted, yeah, totally not haunted. Um, so so, anyways, basically, there's a shop across the street, a uh, sub shop called the Yellow Sub, and we would get a sub, sit on the curb, hang out, and you know everyone that saw that there was action in the building was like, hey, is holy cow coming back? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and we would like nudge each other, me and my brother-in-law, like, yeah. what is going on? And it got to the point where like every time that we were out there, people were asking. And I'm like, I like ice cream. I feel like I'm a creative guy. Uh, Just like that. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm impulsive. Like I've probably done 90% of my uh, impulsive things have not resulted in uh, a successful business. But this one was uh, was one that worked. So I decided, I think this is probably sometime around, I mean, probably worst possible timing for for an ice cream shop to be to be working on uh, on a game plan here. But I think it was June, and it's like obviously the if construction's not even underway yet, you're not going to be opening anytime soon. so, we we changed plans with the the contractors that were working on you know the apartments and everything and I'm like let's get all our guys working on this and let's get zoning and all the approvals for this so I can open up this total summer shift. so total total shift. yeah and and so I just got them working on that and I'm like all right time to figure out w- what equipment I need and then it was just online googling so you committed 100 like as soon as you made the decision you were like 100 percent i'm going yeah because at this point it was like it was time sensitive so i was there a deadline you were trying to get i mean it was five it was the 5 a.m before the uh the five paragraph essay was due it was (laughs) it was june Uh, when i needed to open up in july this is this this sounds like this is where you perform your best yeah well this is where you thrive well don't uh mention that to uh people that were present for my senior thesis in college where I completely panicked and choked because I didn't know what the hell I was talking about because I'm an (laughs) idiot. Um, So, but yeah, so I got back into looking up the whole, um, like, you know, just ice cream shops for dummies and like, you know, just kind of seeing what avenues I can take to learn this ASAP. Did you have a, so you, you made the decision to open up an ice cream shop and you were like, was it naturally right away? Oh, I want to do this, this, this. Did you, instantly feel this sort of urge to create like a menu yes, and create exactly. an experience or did, was it just like i'm just gonna learn how to make ice cream put it out there and see what happens did you have oh no, like so i tell me about that about a little bit because now so now you're you made the decision you know i'm gonna open up an ice cream shop right what where did you go from there did you start saying well what like how can i be different or yeah so the, the whole i think the reason why this whole thing is working for me is because we're off the beaten path and if we were in a location that was a stand that was on Good Harbor and 10,000 people a day were walking by and the ice cream sold itself, I don't know if I would be in the position that I'm in with the whole, you know, where we are now is because we were in an area where there's no foot traffic. Um, and I pretty much figured the only way that we're going to get people here is by having an attractive creating. facade, mm-hmm. creating something that's not the same as everything else, um, and by advertising on you know social media and Yelp and getting 
bringing people from the downtown right. strip to that because it's just a few minutes up. Exactly. I mean, that's how I but, found it. But the thing is, it's, it's like, actually a cool walk up. It's a beautiful neighborhood. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it's great. And the thing is, but the thing is, there's no reason to walk that way unless mm. you're. I mean, now that people go there to to take their kids to the park and everything, but other than that, um, you pretty much stay on Main Street. And Main Street is literally, I mean, less than a half a mile. But it's an unnecessary half a mile to right, go yeah. unless you have a reason. So, so you the created whole thing a destination is location. a destination that's uh, you know a little off the beaten path. And um, yeah, bringing people there was the main reason why I was focused on having good branding and having mm. all the other stuff. And to be completely honest here, I had no idea or even intentions to make ice cream at first. Um, we were using Richardson's and like. Richardson's is great. Don't get me wrong. It's like it's the gold standard of ice cream. It's always the best of the North Shore. You know, you go there on any given day in the summer and there's I'm now I see the lines there and I'm like, well, that's six dollars a customer. Uh, <laughs> we're looking at probably two thousand dollars an hour at right. this stand. And I like, you know, I just like I'm counting their money every time right, I right. see it. And I'm also jealous that they have cow to cone because it's it's as like yeah. natural as it can possibly get not natural the product i mean just like they're you know they're cows literally they make the literally milk make, make the milk the that yeah. so it's as a as a in that being in that business that's the dream right I mean, oh of course i mean it's like if you were uh i don't have a good analogy so i'm no, not but, even going to go any further but, but you uh, know what big big companies like richardson's which are you know landmark businesses they're vulnerable too yeah, you know, they're they're susceptible to guys like you who can sort of offer a customer something a little more creative than they do. So mm -hmm. it seems like they're more in. The I still get nervous that they're going to end up going in a, in that direction at some point but soon. That, to me, that would just mean then that means you just gotta exactly ramp find it up more. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So the whole thing was I since I was not doing an original product um, for ice cream. I was like, we are going to have our proprietary ice cream sandwiches. Like, we're going to do, you know, picture, you know, Subway or something. You pick a bread, you pick some meat, mm -hmm. and then you pick whatever the toppings are or whatever. Or not toppings, fixings. Yeah. But um, my, I, I always had, uh, you know, me and my dad used to always talk about opening up uh, a deli, like a high-end, fast, like picture like a Subway, only, you know, a high-end Subway. Homemade bread, fresh, mm -hmm. you know, Parma, prosciutto, we got the right. whole deal here. Yeah, uh, Mortadella. So um, <laughs> I can just picture what I'm saying. So we were going to call it like Mickey's Deli and we were going to do the whole thing. So this is something you and your yeah, dad. Yeah, well, we, we had like a, there. I mean, I would still love to do something like that because I have way too many, you know, thoughts and aspirations yeah. and all that stuff. But I need to put my brain on hold sometimes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, might, it sounds like it might be a passion project. Someday. Yeah, it's someday. We'll, we'll see how, uh, how location number two goes at some point. But, uh, yeah, so it was basically we have to sell something that's different than what everyone else is doing, at least in the area. And mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, there are a lot of places that do similar stuff to what we do. That's great. I don't see any of them as uh, – I, I don't fear businesses that are competition right? because realistically uh, – this is cliche as anything, but like put on the blinders and make your business better. Uh, like, like it, yeah. right? I mean, like, yeah, there's. I agree. 
Because if you're worrying about what somebody else is doing, like you're wasting operating, time. You're wasting yet, time, and yeah. it's like you're you're just kind of like festering negativity if right. that's the case. Like, I, I it's actually funny. There's a certain business that I have no idea what they even sell, but people will always send me a picture of this thing and be like, "There's someone ripping you off," and I'm like, "I don't even know what this is," but like, whatever. To each their own. Right. It, Unless somebody's well, listen, you know, when you have a six, I mean, I'm sure you probably already know this, but maybe for the people listening, when you have a successful business or you're doing something, anything at a higher level, you know, and someone copies you, that's just flattery. That's flattering because that means that you're you're setting the pace. And when you're in the front, when you're at the front of the race, like you're bearing a lot of the load. You know, I mean, it, that's why you can only maintain the lead for so long. But and the thing is with uh, sorry to interrupt, but I mean, no, like it, in terms of like ice cream shops i get it there's going to be a million different cow variations and this and that and like i there there's going to be i mean there's there's a low cost of entry to the ice cream business as well compared to some other things yeah i mean one of the biggest reasons i invited you onto the show because to me i think you're one of the first people to really understand and execute that concept very well thank you i mean if people if yeah you're welcome and you earn that and and if that means that other people are going to copy you that's cool I like it because I, I'm assuming, right? I'm operating under the assumption, which I'm, I'm confident you're going to execute again, but I'm assuming we'll that We'll see how it goes. I don't know. <laughs> you're just going to bring it up again. Like you're just, yeah. I mean, what's next? I don't know. I'm not in the ice cream business, but if I did, we'd probably be talking about it right now. Yeah, right. right? So, and, and I don't want you to share those secrets, but I love that. That to me is sort of like, that's the battlefield. Right? Yeah. So that's what we, like as an entrepreneur, that's what we sort of, we love and hate. We're like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta get back to the, I gotta get back to work. Like I thought, I thought I figured it out, but then yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, I forgot. Like this doesn't end. Like this is supposed to keep going. Yeah, so you exactly. get up there, you catch your breath, and then people will start to copy you or undercut you or whatever the case may be. And then it's up to you to, to elevate yourself again. And that's that journey of being an entrepreneur. I love. I think, for me to hear that you're in that position now excites me even more because I know what it's <laughs> like, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's such a such a big motivator in your life. I'm. I'm curious to see how it ends up going, um, and for all our listeners out there too, I, I keep your eyes on Mike. Well, thank you, know. you. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll see how it goes. Right, right, it's right. um. So you're selling. I'm sorry. Let's get back to it. I, yeah. So enough flattery, right? Yeah. So let's, exactly. So you're making ice cream. We're both so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you're making ice cream. I mean, you're not making ice cream. You're buying Richardsons. When do you transition to making ice? So now you're buying Richardsons and just putting like you're making custom um, ice cream sandwiches. You're putting cool toppings on it. But n- when does it? happen that you make a transition to so, making homemade ice cream and why more importantly because it doesn't sound like you you don't need to really right yeah exactly things were things are working people are so like i had until we started making ice cream last year i constantly had a complex about getting a five-star yelp review that is like this is the best ice cream on the north yes. shore and i'm like i never thought of that i did not I wouldn't even respond to these people yeah, because I, mean, I would only respond to something that was like right. So if you gave um, Holy Cow Ice Cream a review, yeah, exactly, and you complimented, but the ice cream, you're right. So unless you were the person that said this place is no sugar added black raspberry is not half as good as Richardson's <laughs> one star, and I was like, I wanted to throw right. my phone when I got well, that. I'm know. like, I'm like, I'm not even gonna say Do anything. Do you not advertise like, Richardson's? No, ice so cream? I I purposely did not advertise Richardson's ice cream it was not contractual you know right. it wasn't anything well, that I had when to, you sell their product you, you don't have, have to, to. Okay. and the thing is that like when I started realizing that I needed to get away from that was number one when I was getting good reviews and feedback and I 
Because it I sounds was, like you had every intention of eventually making your own ice cream. So you were like, you know what? Let, let, let's build up that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's build it's that like, up because eventually I'm going to launch my own line and it is going to be just as good. So, Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it, it ended up... Well, it is. Yeah, and thank you. Um, so I, I realized I would rather figure out the ice cream thing and be able to, to make certain flavors and still have Richardson's for the staple flavors, um, you know, chocolate, vanilla, cookie dough, blah, blah, blah. Why? And we, Just because it's, it's good enough as a base? Or is, the, it, what is you it too wanna, much work to make that all those different ice creams? Or is it just not cost effective, basically? Um, it's more along the lines of, like, if a true ice cream, you know, aficionado wants to walk in, like, they're going to base their opinion on your chocolate, your vanilla, mm-hmm. and your coffee, right. and your staple flavors. And to jump into it without having 10 different samples of each batch and then getting it out to friends and family and having right. taste tests and saying, which variation of the chocolate do you like? Is it the one with the two ounces of vanilla right. extract and or one with the teaspoon of sea salt in it? Like, It's one of these things that like I just didn't want to throw something out there. And then so you can take a risk with a, with a blueberry vanilla. Yeah, right? exactly. You, exactly. It's your own like their expectations are not hot. Like it's not yeah. like, but vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, or whatever the, the, the core flavors are you're saying were yeah, so critical ex- that you exactly. couldn't afford to take a risk there. I, I not yeah, gonna lie, I mean it makes I, all the sense in the world. I fear getting a bad review. Right. And hey, you're like every other small business. Exactly. Right? But I, I if it's justified, it's strictly a learning we're all, experience. Yeah, and we're I mean, all gonna get them. because um, you can't make everybody happy and you're not perfect. You're human. Uh, but wow, what what um, an amazing thing it is to have to deal with. I mean, a lot of people who are not self-employed or don't know anyone who's self-employed, they don't know what that feels like. But mm-hmm. it, it's a tough, it's a it's a ball and chain sometimes. You, know, yeah. you worry, and it's not because you worry about your ability to execute, because it's it's just that I am human, I make mistakes, mm-hmm. and please give me an opportunity to correct my mistake like you would if I bumped into you at the supermarket. You know, you don't bump into someone at the supermarket and just start getting punched like you punch somebody. Exactly, right? like yeah. You say, excuse me, or if they don't, you're like, oh, well, that was kind of rude. And, but you give them an opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so I can understand. I it, mean, yep. it's, um, it's tough. But the thing is, I mean, I, I'm not one of these people that, I, and I hear this from so many different people, whether it's business owners or, you know, just friends and family, people are like, Oh, don't take, don't listen to what people say on Yelp or don't, um, don't take the, you know, if we, if we're looking for a restaurant, ah, uh, it's just somebody on Yelp. Yeah. But I mean, yes, everyone thinks they're a food critic, but if there's going to be a hundred reviews on something and everyone agrees that it's a two star experience. And that's another thing though, the whole experience versus, um, you know, quality or taste or whatever else. An ice cream shop is an experience, and you can't just because a product's good, it doesn't mean that a person's going to like coming in and getting that. Oh, I agree a thousand so percent. So you I'm, have I'm looking at you. People can't see us, but I'm like, I just, I just smiled at you. To hear yeah, I'm like, like that's awesome that he gets that, and, and it makes you, sense why you do. Honestly, I said the same thing to you off the air, so I have to, you know, uh, I have to tell you while we're on right now, I mean, I have the same experience when I walk into your place. We got the auto factory automotive and we have, you know, it's well designed and Thanks, it's it's like that. it's comfortable to be in here and there's it's obvious why you guys are doing well here because right. Thank you, I appreciate you that, have man. a clear cut, you know, 
it's clear cut what you guys do, um, et cetera. I mean, it's nice. The whole yeah, deal. we've spent a lot of time, just like you and every entrepreneur. Yep. Successful entrepreneurs spend a lot of time trying to create an experience nowadays. I mean, there's you can buy you can buy ice cream anywhere and get it delivered now. Yeah, right. So like, if you're not interested in the experience, um, that's fine. But if you're interested in the experience, I'm gonna win there. Right. Like, so if you're an experienced, if you like to eat ice cream, you like to go to a cool shop and whatever, like that's where I'm going to beat you. Same thing with cars. There, there are dealerships now selling cars online. That's cool. If that's what you want, go for it. But yeah, that's fine. But that's not what you want. That's not what that's I'm what trying to accomplish. Yeah. yeah. So back to the ice cream. I'm sorry, we got off the, the path there because I'm super curious here. So no, it's I need fine. to know when you started making your own ice cream because so I have to go real love back it. real quick. We'll get into that in a second. But what I was saying about the whole like experience aspect of it. Um, this is kind of funny, but I started making the waffle cones in there because there was a smell that was an unidentified smell. And I was like, there's something in the duct or something going on here. And I'm like, I need to mask this pumping out waffle cones, just making the place smell unreal. And it turned into, well, yeah, we'll make, we'll do made to order waffle cones. You have a hot waffle cone, you know, try to minimize the, the, the leakage from the melted ice cream out the bottom. But right. And then, you know, made to order waffle so bowls and everything. So you this, this sort of old building smell, which yeah, never goes away. It's just a, it's a 140-year-old building, yeah, whatever exactly. it is. But the, the smell is actually gone now without the waffle oh, cone masking it. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know what was solved by that. We, you know, but that, that was the, uh, you know, that's how that whole aspect right. of it happened. And that turned into one of these things that I realized was working because of Yelp, because of Google, people saying, Oh my God, we walk in, the place feedback. smells, it looks good, it smells good, it tastes good. I mean, feedback. I feedback. talked about this on the last podcast. It's such a critical thing. Like people think of, if you're thinking of opening up, opening up a business, the best way to look at it is you're just going to create something, put it out to the marketplace, listen for feedback, mm-hmm. make adjustments, reintroduce it. Exactly. That's it. And you're doing that repeatedly. And restaurants do it daily. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like, and that's what you sound like you're like, you naturally have, like you don't, cause you're saying, you know, you weren't necessarily a, like a hustler when you were younger, Yeah. but all of a sudden when you were put under pressure, yep. your natural reaction was there's so many people out there who, who probably would have that same reaction, but they're so scared to put themselves under that yeah, pressure. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be in a position where I was able to do that. I mean, Fair I got sure, I yeah. got a good mm-hmm. I I'm not saying that everyone can't you know uh, well, fulfill to- their dream or whatever and I also laugh when uh, I always hear this from people and I kind of just laugh and agree but they're like it's so nice that you're living your dream of opening an ice cream shop and I'm like buddy <laughs> I had ice cream in my eyebrows as a six year old like I like to eat it I was a little sure. fat kid I didn't know that I was gonna open up an ice cream shop right. but I mean it, it's just funny because it's like. This was not something that I had on my radar at all. But that being said, we'll we'll get into the uh, the making well, of the hold ice on, cream. Because let me ask you: so it wasn't something that you had, um, but it sounds like it's something that you love. Oh, I love doing it now. So I mean, a lot of people dream of being a, a business owner, or yeah. self-employed, like, and that's typical of the situation. Like, I grew up self-employed. I grew up in a family of self-employed mm-hmm. people. I, that's what I wanted. I only know that life. Like, you kind of fell into it. It sounds like, yeah. It was just fell, and then you embraced it too. Yeah. What is it about being an entrepreneur that you that keeps sucking you in? Um, I do think that I, w- I think that I like what I'm doing and have a passion for the actual product and the actual business that I'm in. And I didn't know that until I kind of got into wow, it. That's but really cool. Yeah, exactly. It's like 
I genuinely love ice cream. Right. I mean, I don't think that this would be what it is or I would be successful if I was running. Um, I mean, not not for nothing, I'm not huge into cars. I don't think that if I yeah, had... If you had a dealership, you wouldn't yeah, be exactly. excited about it. I sure. mean, I clearly wasn't into motels, as I said earlier. If I was, yeah. I might have been able to flip that into some, sure. kind, of, some kind of cool, uh, you know, motel experience. But uh, instead, situation. it was more like the, the state police calling, like, hey, we have a potential... Uh, <laughs> homicide in <laughs> no, I'm just so, so let's go from homicide to ice cream yeah so, exactly right ice cream you're making your own ice cream at what point when does that become so at the beginning of last year um i started looking at equipment started watching you know youtube uh this is how long are you in business now at this so point? i was you started 2014 2014 we were only open for two months because i so, okay. as i said i started uh trying to get this going in june right. and we opened up in like late september which oh. is uh, probably what we're on pace for with peabody if right. uh unfortunately we we're down to the bones over well, there it didn't and turn out too bad last time it so didn't turn out yeah. too bad and also i'm going to be under a year-round lease, so I'm going to have to figure out how to sell ice cream in the wintertime. Well, <laughs> you've done well again with that stuff, too, so you'll figure we'll, it out. We'll yeah. see how it goes. But um, I forget what the question was. Yeah, before. so we'll bring it back to the ice cream. So how were we making... How when, At what point did you get to the point where you're saying... Oh, yeah, so we were... Oh, so we were, four years in business at that point? Yeah, 2015, 2016, 2017. So three years of three doing years. the Richardsons and On the our, our cookies type sure. thing. and. Um, so at the beginning of 2018, I expanded the back kitchen, which was the barbershop, that old unit that I was talking about. So I have the whole first floor. I have both units there. I turned the back into a commercial kitchen. So I have a big convection oven and, you know, wow. I, I put a lot of, uh, you know, you know, I, I installed a three bay sink and a hand sink and I got the whole, you know, so you have a lab, I have a lab now. And, uh, yeah, so that must have been extremely exciting. It was, yeah. Oh my god, building I, that out must have been something. Yeah, it's it's um, it definitely was a little expensive, but yeah. uh, you know, it it was a no brainer. Like there's there's no reason why I shouldn't have done that. So I started pricing out like you know, batch freezer ice cream machines, and kind of was just like Jesus, these things are expensive as hell. Like whatever. Um, you know, started, started pricing out mix and like, you know, ice cream mixes sure. and like the whole deal. Um, all the stuff you need to make. Yeah, exactly. And then, so once I bought the equipment, I, I started watching like tutorials on from, so the, the machine I have is a, an Emery Thompson CB 350. It's the industry <laughs> standard in, uh, batch freezers. Yeah. They, they sold me on the, uh, on the tutorial, but anyways, it's, it's, uh, this company out of Florida and it's the gold standard for ice cream machines. So I watched a ton of these, these videos of, of these two idiots, uh, making ice cream. And I was just like, that is such a rewarding process and it's the fact that you know they're like, you could just you put whatever you make whatever yeah, the hell you, you get want to be so creative exactly and um granted there's like there's a big process to the making of you know hard scoop ice cream it's um I mean, is it I, length is it a lengthy process i know nothing about making ice cream is it something that you can you know make a batch in the same day you can have it no or? so that's the thing you have to you have to make a batch. You have to put it in, in like an extra cold freezer. A lot of places will use like a blast chiller, which which freezes it to, you know, negative 
60 or something ridiculous. So it's ice solid. So then you have to freeze it down all the way. And then the next day when it's completely frozen, you have to temper it. So it's scoopable. Wow. So I have seven. It's just a real I, art. This I have, like eight, a- I have eight freezers in my, and I have in the back unit, I have, so just recently I finally put numbers on all the freezers because my process with my employees was like, do you know that freezer that's next to the bathroom in the back? All right. Yeah. I have a bunch of pans on it right now, but uh, move the, the cookie dough ice cream from that <laughs> one into the one that's next to the freezer. The ones that's, there's a stand up freeze. And I finally was like, I should just say it's move just the ice cream from <laughs> six to four. Right. So it, it got into a point where I'm, I'm obviously still fine tuning even after all yeah. these years, but it's now like, Okay, take the um, you know, the milk and cookies from six, move it to four, so it's As ready. So it's on. ready to serve yeah. by later on because. So now that's a whole new. Th- I mean, you weren't doing that before because you're buying Richardson's. You're just putting it in your freezer. Yeah, and, and serving I, it. I didn't. I only had these two trust freezers, and I didn't have all. I didn't have that whole back so space, you, you right? Need to relearn the business. You're yeah, relearn the exactly in terms of the product. Yeah, and still, I mean, this is How this is not it? like a. I mean, I built out the kitchen, but we have ceilings that are like. I'm a short guy, so I'm fortunate that uh, that my head's not scraping up against the ceiling. It's an old building. Keep yeah. keeps the utilities low, but I mean, uh, I also like it's. I don't have room for uh, for walk-ins, for equipment that I should have, right. because you know it would be a lot more efficient for me to have one walk-in as opposed to like eight chest freezers. Right. But I mean, you got to you got to work you, with, you what, gotta you work got. with yeah. what you got. So. Yeah. The, um, that's that's that aspect of it, but yeah. So I I was making the ice cream. Uh, I mean, I was watching the tutorials and stuff, and I was like, all right, let's figure this out. Um, started pricing out mixes and all the stuff. I ran my numbers. So I was like, when I first started looking at the numbers, I'm like, it might be cheaper for me to continue ordering like Richardson's. This might not be a good idea. And then I'm like, I, I had a feeling you were gonna say that because it's just there's so many places selling Richardson's ice cream. Yeah, I'm like, guys, where has all the just the creative? Yeah, like, where is it? Where is it? But I, I mean, you're saying that it's more expensive to make your own ice cream. Well, so, so I was looking at these two and a half at all these the dairy mixes. You can get them from um, from Oakhurst or we. I get mine from Bliss and Attleboro. They have. Uh, oh, so yours I've, is a local. You get your your yep. dairy from from a local. Yep. You know. So I, I went out of my way to look for um, mixes that don't have that have specific, so you have to have stabilizers in it, to, uh, different types of like a, a gum to, to keep it solidified. So, so all ice cream, all ice all cream. creams. I mean, the only ones that don't, there's a few. Haagen-Dazs doesn't, it just uses egg yolks. Um, there's, there's a few, but first of all, I mean, a lot of people have egg allergies. There's, right, there's yeah. some reasons why. And also, I mean, it's super expensive to do it that way. But anyways, so I ended up, um, so once I started making the ice cream, I was pricing out these two and a half gallon bags. I'm like, all right. So I get a box, a five gallon box of mix. It's going to cost me 50 bucks. I'm like, I'm getting these tubs from Richardson's for like 26. They're three gallon tubs. I'm like, so, all right, maybe I'll save a little bit, but it's going to be labor. I'm like, whatever, screw it. I need an original product. I'm going to make this happen. You felt like it was a necessity because it's a competitive advantage. Exactly. Yeah. And I wanted the create creativity. I wanted the proprietary product, all this stuff. And it's, so I start making the ice cream and I'm like, immediately, I'm like, oh, ice cream is 50% air. 
you whip it up. Oh, you didn't know that. You didn't <laughs> well, know. I, I didn't know this was coming. So I, you didn't know. I mean, I like, this is how much you learned. This is how much you didn't know. This is, I went in. Yeah, I'm so, so smart. You, you went I from bought. just you went from doing an awesome job serving ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> to a really bad job making ice cream, but quickly adjusted to yeah, like a, realizing like. Oh, my profits are going to awesome. be double what I thought. And here it was. I am saying, yeah, I know, I'm wondering like, why. Yeah. Why did you stop me? Yeah, but I, I still want. I still wonder why. So now I'm going to chalk it up to it. Just, I mean, people just, it's they're just lazy. They just want to sell someone else's product. I yeah, guess. exactly. I mean, don't I get, get it wrong. from. You're I get still... it for the core products. I understand. But yeah. I mean, if you have a night, if it's an, if it's a secondary product, if you have a, a, a another store and you're selling some ice cream on the side, sure. But if you're an ice cream shop. Mm-hmm. And you're not making your own ice cream, I would think that that's a huge disadvantage. Now that's, I now I think so. Like, I I didn't. The thing is, I don't think that I used to have the the knowledge of what I was getting when I was at ice cream shops. I always loved getting ice cream. I mean, who doesn't? Right, You'll stop yeah. wherever. But now I notice, like, so I go to the vineyard every every summer. It Richardson's is at all of these. The vineyard, not right. all of them, but I'm saying like. You'll go to blah 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 scoops and well, is, Oak Bluffs and it's really and they good have ice cream. Yeah. yeah, it's great, it's really but it's insane that dude, they are everywhere. everywhere. They set the standard. Think about this: they're getting their ice cream on a ferry. <laughs> like I know, I know it's like local stuff. They they're did, probably paying fifty bucks a tub, but I right, mean, yeah. And I think what they, I think what Richardson's does a really good job at is basically takes all that work out of it. So they might pitch it that way. And say, yeah. Hey, listen. You don't sell ice cream right now. You want to sell some ice cream? I yep. mean, you're still you're, here's your margins. You're still going to make money. Yeah, we'll set. The, you know, they're setting the the market price for ice cream on the North Shore. Right, right. So they're telling everybody what the price is. Have you ever thought about getting into the manufacturing ice cream manufacturing business on a wholesale level, or is that not in the cards for you? So, I've actually had to reconfigure some of my. Uh, I have a possible wholesale deal. Is this an exclusive? Is yeah. It, so do, does nobody else know about this? Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, breaking wow, news, right? Breaking yeah, news. Put, the, put the sounders on. With, this is uh, big <laughs> this news. This is really cool. But yeah, I have a potential wholesale thing that kind of fell into my lap, but I don't really have anything documented, so I don't want to discuss yeah. too much. But I mean, that the thing is, I mean, it was not something that I was thinking for this location, maybe in future ones, but we're now changing the layout of the kitchen to have a bigger walk-in so we can fill wholesale orders and we can have the trucks do the, you know, the pickups right. and stuff like that. And if it doesn't go through, I mean, now I'm more equipped if this, if I ever do want to yeah, go mean, out of my way to start pitching myself to other companies and to other food ser- service providers and all this. Well, you already, so. I mean, you know, 90% of the work is, is the creative part. I mean, mixing, mixing yeah. ingredients, you know, that's easy compared to coming up with something that works, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you already did all that legwork, it's it's a possibility. It's like having a car dealership and also servicing cars and selling cars. Like, you know, what else can you do with it? It's another another route for expansion. Another revenue stream. Another revenue another, stream. Yeah. yeah, and even if you had just a few accounts, I'm sure you've thought about this stuff. So I just want to make myself sound smart. No, no, no. I mean, it's <laughs> but the truth you're is, right, though. I mean, it's like how many ways can we squeeze Right, I, I squeeze some money and some exposure. And in other words, if you just got a small uh, commissary, a small commissary, and it, it was dedicated only to just and you hired a sales guy to go out there and sort of whoever's selling Richardsons to have an alternative. And it's not. I love Richardsons. No, I mean I would love to have them on the show. I think they're they're oh, a yeah, true I mean, true success story. But uh, this is America, and yeah, I'm all yeah. about capitalism. Mm-hmm. And I think competition is due for everybody. And I think 
that would be an amazing story to hear a few years from now. And yeah, I yeah. heard, hey, you know, I heard, holy cow, I was going, you know, going toe to toe with with Richardson. I, I think my great grandkids might oh, be able man, to no, maybe so. <laughs> uh, reap the benefits of that. But you never know. Yeah, exactly. You well, never know, oh. but but I I think that you know, there's obviously a lot of different ways you could do it. I like I like what you've done by creating your own product line and making it in house because it it is exclusive and yep. and people now are gonna sort of flock to you for that because they can't get that particular flavor somewhere else or mm -hmm. even if they do it's not the way they like it you sort of you build your culture around those those flavors right do you have like a a, a process in place where you're you're continuously you know testing you have like a test kitchen process where you're going in once a week and making a new product or how does that work so you have i know you have your core product line from richardson's and then you have sort of a semi-core product line oh no it's all of our ice cream is homemade oh you switched completely oh yeah okay, I, so I, I, didn't know I, I may not have gotten into that but oh, okay, that, yeah. that was last year and um that's when i was implementing just special flavors i would have mayan chocolate which is you know a little bit of chili powder a little cinnamon in chocolate and uh, unfortunately, some people got wow. accidentally served that instead of chocolate because I didn't label <laughs> it correctly. But uh, <laughs> that'll hurt you. Yeah, it, Yelp reviews. Yeah. <laughs> they're like there was there was uh, jalapenos in my. <laughs> no, that, it wasn't that bad. But um, yeah, so we were we were implementing just certain flavors last year, and then this off season is when I kind of uh, packed on a couple pounds and you know yeah. got got to testing batches and making sure that I had all my actual you know base flavors I'm, I'm not base my core flavors mm -hmm. my chocolate vanilla coffee and to be completely honest i i prefer my flavors over richardson's now I love it, and man. i did and i didn't i true the thing is nick i'm not like i wouldn't have lied to myself and served a vanilla that i didn't like to make money on it i i literally was going to continue to sell richardson's if i didn't get it right yeah, no i love it and that's why yeah that, that's why you're in my business yeah who doesn't want to have ice cream from a place where the standard is if i literally don't believe it's good enough i'm not le i'm not putting it out there yeah and, it, and your standard itself is very high you know richardson's does make an amazing ice cream but for you to take the risk this is a cool this must have been a really cool uh, hurdle to get over f for yourself as sort of an entrepreneur. It's just yeah. basically li like saying, I'm going to pull the foundation out of my business and yeah. I'm going to replace it with something different and I'm totally confident that's going to work because I really believe in my product. Exactly. It's a huge risk. You put your whole business on the line based on what you developed in this off-season. What's the feedback? Great. Great. Yeah, awesome. it's yes. been great. The The one thing that I'm not really struggling with, I'm, I need to be a little firmer about is like, I... I have a hard time with what some people want versus what I want my the vision of my shop mm -hmm. to be. So while I think that the orange cardamom ice cream that we have that is a bizarre combination, but it's unreal. It's like, you know, amazing. we have like these certain flavors that they're not the most popular ones. And I have a hard time pulling that to put chocolate chip back out because right. it, there's it's not who you are. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, I mean, like, I, I have to also, like, not listen to the vocal minority that's, I mean, no offense, but, like, a, an elderly person is going to be mad that I don't have rum raisin ice cream. And I'm sure I could make a great version of rum right. raisin or a great version of, um, you know, uh, frozen pudding or you know, some of the older sure. types of flavors. But when you put out something that ends up being a good product, it kind of word of mouth and 
you know, yeah, it spreads. And from an entrepreneur's perspective, it's like, look, I'm the chef. Yeah. Here's my menu. Enjoy it. But you don't go into Five Guys and be mad because they don't serve pizza. But right? at the same time, I mean. Or they don't have the right toppings. It's, look, this is what Five Guys has on the menu. Pick something from here. You're going to love it. Yeah. But picture if Five Guys, the one of the chefs back there was like, this burger, if you put a little spread of peanut butter on it, I love this, so I'm going to keep selling it to you. I'm going to put it out there on the menu. And then people are like, but I just want a burger. So that's what I'm still going to be battling okay, with yeah. no matter what because yeah, no, matter what. It, I, there, no matter what, no matter what product I put out there, people are going to – like, I only have a finite amount of freezer space, right? <laughs> How hard is it to come up with – you know, at the new location, I'm probably going to have uh, – we're, we're hoping for, for 20, uh, 24 flavors, and that's a mix of uh, dairy-free, coconut-based ice creams, as well as the super premium um, that we have. And I'm not saying super premium as like an advertisement. Right. There's Is that actual, what you, that's what you call your line? Well, no. So uh, there's, there's actual uh, standards for what certain types of oh there's an uh, ice cream yeah standard. like picture okay, picture yeah. like at a gas station it's like right, 93 89 right. you know all that stuff like, so so an ice cream octane rating yeah there's an yeah my <laughs> okay. my octane is 16 percent butter fat and okay. we don't oh, go based uh, on okay yeah. yeah so so we do richardson's also does 16 percent, and a lot of other places do um so one thing ice cream science wise i was just telling you like you know ice cream's 50% air, blah, blah, blah. Right. They call that overrun in the business. Of course. Because right. they have to come yeah. up with a, a science. Yeah. yeah. They call it, yeah, they yeah. call it air, yeah. <laughs> yeah, God forbid they call it, we have a 50% air content. Right. It doesn't sound good because it's like air is free. Whatever it is, yeah. give me more. Like I want I'm, this <laughs> overrun. But um, so we, so the super premium ice creams are over 14%. And so also there's the butterfat content and there's also uh, the o the amount of overrun or air. So we do ours, we spin it at a lower speed. So if you want to, you can take one quart of ice cream and if you put it on the highest setting in this machine at 234 RPMs, you're going to double your product because you're literally going to pump a hundred percent, fifty percent air into it, so you'll end up with two quarts of a right. total product. But, but then you have a product that doesn't taste good, right? Exactly. And the thing is, that's why if you go into you know Big Y or you go into any you know, store around here, go you'll look at pints. If you take a pint of Hagen Dazs, which is low overrun because it's churned at probably under one fifty, we do one sixty five or you know some, something under there. If you take a pint of Hagen Dazs and a pint of store bought stuff. One of them's a dollar ninety nine, and the other one's four dollars. It's because one of them weighs less. Okay, yeah. So you're buying a product just because it's a pint. It doesn't right. mean that it has the same amount in it. A lot of that is air. Yeah. So it's one of these things where it's like we are, you know, we're putting out a product that is, it's actually more expensive that's, to make. Is that it's, true in all the ice cream you make? So that's the base for all we, the ice cream. We make all of our ice creams at one sixty five, which creates the same overrun content and it yields, and it's, it, yields it yields a similar result for all of them oh, wow. um for so, i mean there's different i mean we don't have to get into no, the, no, no, no. the exact science it, of it but i mean like a sorbet or like something like that you you spin at 235 yeah, plus, and I'm, so. I'm actually more curious to know so like two things actually one is 
So this non-dairy ice cream thing is a, is a really cool thing that's going on right now, coconut-based ice cream, you said, um, and vegan ice cream. Um, cause this is like, this is trending big time now. Like everybody, yeah, it's not, it's not a, um, it's not a fad. No, it's like, it's a trend. It's a trend. It's a it's legitimate trend. It's yeah. Legitimate, and it's not stopping. And I, I mean, can, uh, thank my pushy vegan sister who, uh, who, who well, definitely vegan pushed me just, a certain way. Yeah, I know. But right? now it's, it's actually, it just means it's more healthy. Yeah. Time. So how is yours? Is yours like, do people love the vegan in the, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been going great. And the thing is like, I've. I've done a lot. That's probably the products that I've done the most trial and error with because they can come out awful or they can come out great. And the difference between if you use a 16% butterfat ice cream, you can put anything in it. It's going to be delicious. And that's one of the things that I always laugh about with like with people that are like, oh, this is the best blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you wouldn't know if it was the worst. It's going (laughs) to taste delicious no matter what. It's like. I could mess up a steak a lot easier than I could an ice cream. The only time you're going to complain about an ice cream is freezer burn and, you know, like, even that. Maybe the wrong toppings on the wrong wrong ice cream. So you have this, you have this thing um, at your shop at Holy Cow um, where your, your toppings are sort of um, out of the ordinary from what you would typically see. Like say you go to a uh, mom and pop ice cream shop, you usually have Oreos, M&Ms, Reese's, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the staple stuff. But at your shop, that's the first time I ever saw on the North Shore an ice cream shop that had like fruity pebbles. Oh yeah, <laughs> or cinnamon or toast crunch. Cinnamon toast crunch. Yep, yep. And I could do like I, I could eat fruity pebbles all day. Of course, <laughs> yeah. I, again, like oh the fruity pebbles milkshake, brilliant. It's like no, I just made Dude, a vanilla frap and right. I did, I made a it's, fat kid move and put some fruity pebbles. <laughs> right, and it's such a simple it's yeah, such exactly. a simple thing. Yeah. What do you think is the reason that a lot of places it doesn't cost more than Oreos? So why what what holds a lot of stores back from just having an infinite amount of toppings or a much more creative array of toppings as opposed to just like the nine staple things that everybody wants? I don't know. I think that I mean we've kind of been talking the whole time about how a lot of ice cream shops and they they just they've been there for a while, they're established and they sell because they've been there or they're in a great location. And I think people just like when things are working correctly. Okay. And if it ain't broke, I don't can, fix it. Yeah, hey, and look, I can totally understand that. And that might that might be 100% correct. You might yeah. be 100% correct on that. Um, me personally and yeah. what I'm about and the Hustle Project podcast, I, I enjoy celebrating the businesses that are willing to take a risk to change things moving forward. Because, yes, there is a beauty in being Richardson's, right? But there's only enough room for one legacy business. Like yeah. you can't have four Richardsons on one fourteen. But you can they, have, they probably could pull it off somehow. <laughs> yeah. Who the hell they knows? Might already, but yeah. you can have but you can have a Richardson's and a holy cow. And yeah. a holy cow can sort of be the one that's pushing the limits, right? right? I like the idea of being the one that's pushing the limits. I think being in the front, being the trailblazer is exciting, it's thrilling, it's it allows you to be creative. It really gets and you wake up every day and you're excited to go to work. To me, the idea of just going and scooping ice cream is boring, but making ice cream, that's why I was so intrigued about oh when did God, you actually yeah. start making. And that's what really excites me about what you're doing is that you're naturally evolving in the right steps every time. Yeah. Because it's just like every time you see where you can make improvements, you're making the improvements, whether it was just be different or add different toppings, keep your core um, from Richardson's. And then eventually when you get stable enough, you pulled it out and now you've, you, you have this whole new uh, line of your own ice cream. 
and now even the thoughts of potentially at some point distributing wholesale, which mm-hmm. is a possibility, and open a second location, all those things are indicators of push and growth. That to me is what I love to celebrate, and I think that you're doing a stellar job at that. M- my thing is, a lot of places don't want to do that. They don't want to be that guy to take the risk. They're going to wait for you yeah. to take the risk, and then and then pick up what's working and what's not. So hats off, dude. I Thanks, gotta, man. I got to celebrate. Hey, I appreciate um, it. Thanks for coming by. I mean, I've, uh, I'm I, glad that you've actually been there. We haven't really talked about no, it. No, let me tell you. Uh, who was scooping, and did they do a good job? Did yeah. they smile? Did they say, welcome to Holy Cow? <laughs> it was uh, last summer, actually. I've been multiple times, but the first time I went by was last summer. My wife and I went to eat on Main Street. We went to a nice restaurant there. And after we were eating, um, and we have kids at home, so we were dying for something to do to just, <laughs> just to yeah, stay yeah. out for a little longer. Um, and it was, it was actually like, a, it was an afternoon. Um, so... My wife's like, I'm really craving an ice cream. I said, okay, let's find an ice cream. So she yelped it, you know, ice cream in nice, the area. And nice. she saw the, you know, she did what typically people do. She read the first five reviews. She saw, you know, we've, we don't think that bad reviews are always true. We don't mm-hmm. think good reviews are always true. We sort of look through it and mm-hmm. make our own decision, sort of what's what we feel. So we saw the, the reviews and we're like, how far is it? And it said it was like a five, 10 minute walk. And I was like, you know what? That's perfect. Let's go for a walk. Yeah, in exactly. Gloucester, it's beautiful. It's an old historic neighborhood. Let's go for a walk up the hill. So we walked up there, and I was a little, you know, perplexed by the neighborhood. And you know, and it's not because it's a bad neighborhood. It's not a bad neighborhood. It's a nice neighborhood. It's just, it's so odd to have an yeah. ice cream shop in that neighborhood. You would typically see like a convenience store there. Yeah. So we walk in, and I'm like, as soon as I walk in, as soon as I walk in, I'm like, oh, this dude gets it. Oh, nice, this man. Dude, That's in, amazing. Because in, I insta felt it. Because I insta, I live that. Like, yeah. I live yep. in that world where I'm always judging businesses and i'm not being i'm not destructively d- judging business i'm just i love the idea of yeah, being yeah. like, oh well i would do this different yep, or, you know, yep. it's my game that's what i like to play so i walk in and i'm like oh it's very rare i see a business where i'm like oh I what else would i do yeah, you know, yeah given the size of the space and where the counter is and the, yeah, menu, like, the colors the logo the font everything and i'm like oh this is this is just dope i love the ice cream sandwich board on the right yeah you, know, you had one called the green monster it was like it was yeah. really cool. Um, and then it was a small menu, but it was broad. It was like a very, it was it was enough to f- make you feel like you had a lot of good choices, but it wasn't an overwhelming, like you go to some ice cream right. shops, there's 92 flavors, and you're like, oh, I'm confused. I like this one, this one, this one, this yeah. one. Yeah. And that could be fun too, but I love having th- these like, I don't need to, like there's multiple choices you can have. Uh, you pick your base, you pick your toppings, you can pick what kind of cone. Like the the joy for me was in those choices, mm-hmm. not necessarily, oh, I, I just want a, a funky ice cream. So we had, and then we had the product. And of course, we went outside and sat right on the um, seating, that the outdoor seating that you have, which is beautiful. Homemade tables, not a big deal. <laughs> they look great. <laughs> um, and, and the product was fantastic. And I'm not just talking about the flavor. I mean, the, the way that it was presented um, the way it held up, you know, like it wasn't like someone, you know, you get an ice cream sandwich and it falls apart. Like yeah, it that's, it was that's good, tough. It's yeah, it was good quality. And, um, you know, it was at the right temperature. You could eat it. It didn't fall apart on you. It didn't mm-hmm. melt too quickly. So it hit, it checked all the, like every checkbox yeah. that I needed for an ice cream shop. I was like, wow, I think we just found our ice cream shop. Oh, right? hell yeah, man. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and from that point forward, I started to follow you on social media. Um, and when I started developing the show and I thought ice cream, cause I'm, you know, I'm trying to diversify a little bit and highlight a lot of different businesses, but it's pretty hard when, you know, I eat a lot 
right? <laughs> and like, I don't go to a lot of car dealerships, so it's going to be a little harder. For me <laughs> yeah, to find I know, car right? But I eat a lot of ice cream. So you're like, you're, you're like Instagram account. You're like, I'm traveling the country, going to different car dealerships. <laughs> like, no, so, it's not really like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, and when it comes to ice cream, to be honest with you, there are there are other great ice cream shops I would love to have on the show that are run by awesome individuals. You son of a <laughs> <laughs> traitor! But. <laughs> But your story in particular was intriguing to me because I, I rarely feel that feeling when I walk into a store. And I think anybody who's listening, go. Test me on it. Like, go. You're going to love it because nice. it's hard. You already want to love it. It's ice cream. Yeah. It's not like going to the dentist office where it's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to dread this. You're like excited to get ice cream. And then it's like, oh, this is really cool. Like, this is very different. So let me finish it. I know I'm ranting on, but no, I, no, I, I want to get to something. Are that, you serious, man? No, you tell me as much good stuff about this place <laughs> as you can. I, I got some. I got hit hard last weekend with a couple bad ones, so Listen, make me happen. feel better right now. Make right. me feel better. So I loved, I loved what you did. The ice cream, it was just, it was fantastic all around. I put you in that, in that sort of like apex of, of businesses on the North Shore for that reason, because you just execute everything very well. And I... I now, I live in Danvers, and there was a, a spot that was open downtown. Dude, don't even get me shop. started. I My buddy sent it to me. Oh. I reached out immediately, and it was already gone. Are you talking about goodies? Yes. Yes. So I got an interesting story. Um, I live in Danvers, and I, and, I usually, and I used to go for walks a lot in downtown, and I would always see it, it as it was going out of business. I would always see it slow, and I kept my eye on it because as an entrepreneur, again, I like to, I'm just paying attention to what's going on, um, and I love it. So I'm noticing it's not doing well. I'm trying to figure out why, and you know, absentee owner or whatever the case. I don't even know what, the, what ended mm -hmm. up being the reason, but they went out of business, and then I saw it oh, um, vacant. And so I walked by one day, and the landlord was in there cleaning up, and I approached him, and I said, hey, listen – you know, blah, 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 this is my name, this is what I do, I'm, you know, I'm not interested, but I'm kind of interested, could you tell me how much the rent is, like, I'm just, I've never thought about an ice cream shop, but something is attracting me to this spot, and we talked, and I thought about it, I really did think about it, and I, for a minute, and then I was like, you know what, I can't do it right now, I can't do it right so now. So the story didn't end with the, that you ended up buying it, and you're like, by the way, I'm gonna, <laughs> I've been trying to get my, your secrets from you this whole time, and I'm opening <laughs> no. up uh, the chili cow in Dan. <laughs> no, 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 if I was gonna open a place, uh, I'd come and consult with you. Um, Done. But um, I didn't end up doing it, kind of regret it, but kind of not, um, because something about the ice cream business really, really intrigues me and my creative, you can do a lot of creative stuff and collaborate, collaborate with a lot of people. So, uh, long story short, the people who did buy it, it's funny that you were interested in it as well. Oh, I like it was a perfect spot for me, too. I mean, I live in West Peabody. Granted, the, the new Peabody location will be great as well, but um, yeah, when, when a couple people sent it to me, you know how excited I would have been if I, if, if I looked past it and I was like, <laughs> Holy cow is yes. coming to downtown Danvers. This yeah. is amazing. Renew your gym membership. Get ready to start. Uh, <laughs> well, I would yeah. walk there. Yeah, that exactly. would burn the like, calories, right? That figure I, out some way to yeah, Right. So off. regardless, um, I passed on it and um, wisely so because I wasn't ready for that. And it sounds like you were interested in it. Um, I probably wouldn't be ready for it either. It's just going to. I know, right? Yeah. So check this out. So I'm here at the dealership and one day a couple comes in, a nice couple comes in middle-aged couple and you know we we get to talking at the front counter and turns out they just bought an ice cream they just started an ice cream shop and I said where and they said Danvers I said we're at the old um, goodies location and they said yeah that's us I said oh my god no I said, way they bought a car here and oh. so how's that for karma they ended up buying a car here so I ended up um, shooting the shit with them for a little bit we talked a little bit of business nice they're they're young entrepreneurs in the you know they're new to, to owning their own business they're new to developing an ice cream store 
Um, you know, and they and they voiced you know what they were struggling with and what they were doing well mm-hmm. with, and we talked. We got to talking back and forth. And at some point in, in my career, I'm sure that I will eventually naturally I think progress into some sort of business coaching stuff that's mm-hmm. one of the things I want to get into and I definitely saw an opportunity there but I just wasn't ready to sort of I- inject myself into yeah I mean it, it would be a lot to just get in and yeah exactly so I, I I enjoyed talking to them and then I actually went and visited them and they got a whole different concept it's like a 60s style diner uh, I think that's style. what I, I've never I'd never been there before, but I saw pictures of the old place and um, they totally redid it. I think you should go nice. check it out. And yeah, it, definitely. I, mean, I one of my things is like I was saying before, like I don't I don't hate on other businesses because they're in my area and their competition and stuff. I will go to every ice cream shop I see, and if I, I mean, I go to ice cream shops to not critique them, but I mean, I like to try what they're doing, what they're doing right, what I don't think they're doing right. There's a place that was great that we went to in uh in salem called uh melt i believe oh, it was across the street from this yeah before. and, and it's got it's great got, ice cream yeah it was great and they had you know a couple good uh coconut based ones too for the the dairy free people my wife is dairy and gluten free so oh, wow. i get the whole uh experience of the cardboard pizzas and, yeah, the, and, they, the and whole, like we uh, said there's a lot of great ice cream shops and i'm sure they have great stories too um but you know you're, you're like most artists you know yeah you like to see other art too. Like you just don't want to, you don't just focus on your mm-hmm. own, on your own. And it's good to look at the marketplace and see what other people are doing because somebody might change your mind on something. You might say, you know what? I, I kind of like this guy, the way this guy's doing it. Like mm-hmm. I, I believe in having a, a free open marketplace. Like I believe in that. I think that if someone wants to come to my dealership and check it out and see what we're doing and, and copy that, I welcome it. Go ahead. Yeah, it's like that's great. Hopefully, it doesn't affect me. But uh, you know, listen, it won't because I'm always evolving. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be doing what I'm doing today in two years. Like the market's going to change, and I'm going to change with it. I'm going to be in the front. So I, I, I think that it's it's flattering. Come in and talk, and I'll actually tell you. And it's the same thing I'm saying with with that ice cream shop. Is I'm not sure how they've been doing. I think I'm sure they're doing great. Um, I've been a few times, but it's interesting that. They're they're sort of new in the business, and yeah. here you are, a seasoned veteran who's seen. Oh a yeah, lot. I'm a veteran. Well, you are because you've I seen guess a lot. So, yeah, you've seen a point. lot of different things, and you've been through a lot. You've taken a lot of risks, and mm-hmm. they've and they seem to be most for the most part they're all paying off. So, um, yeah, that's my story on on my almost. I almost was hey, in the ice I, cream. I fully encourage you if you ever uh, you know get the the itch to to get in there. I'll I'll never know. I'll consult for we'll you at a, a low fee. <laughs> <laughs> Low hourly fee. So we're getting ready to 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 wind down here. Yeah, I just for before sure. before we go, um, I just so you have a PBD store that's potentially opening. Yeah, Talk I mean it's it's definitely it. open. Oh, it's definitely open. Yeah. So um, where is it? It's going to be in the plaza, the Bonkers Plaza. Oh, Bonkers. Sure. Um, F Family Entertainment Group is who owns um, Bonkers, and they opened up in the game, which is next door. That big uh, right. entertainment family fun place um where bonkers was next to it so they're um they're the anchor tenant of that plaza so the um yeba realty ventures is the the group who's the developers that are redoing that plaza and they've done uh you know they're they're they have big plans for the so rep, you're a for future the tenant you've already yeah, basically signed in to exactly be a yeah I'm, I'm gonna be the unit that's um so there's the CVS, and then there's like a walkway in between the CVS, and there's like a little barber shop attached to that. And then I will be the first unit next to the CVS through like awesome. the little. That's a great location. Yeah, and so I, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be great. I mean, it's all brand new it's construction very great and for everything. Me because it's right down the street. Well, yeah, that's uh, 
gonna definitely gonna get so, you addicted to some new flavors. I saw a sign out there um, months ago that you know yeah. coming soon. So they have they pushed it back because of development. So issues? so basically, it's there's. It's like, you know, with construction, it's like, oh, yeah. it's so it's funny because looking back on this, it's like, it's no one, I'm not going to fault anybody for this, but when, when I was meeting with them, you know, in the winter, my concern was that I was going to, uh, that I wasn't going to be ready in May to open this, <laughs> in, May. this location. Right. So, and then he's like, you know, we're, we're discussing, it's like, I'm like, I think that June would probably be more appropriate for my opening. And now it's uh, it end of June. Yeah. I have uh, a couple, you know, I, I've had my some of my equipment delivered there already. Um, so there's, it's definitely happening. That's um, awesome. It's just a matter of when, and I, I believe it probably, I mean, being realistic, it's probably going to be in September. Um, so I'll have to change that well, coming gonna, this I mean, summer. You're going to have to follow... You're gonna have to follow Mike and Holy Cow Ice Cream on social, right? So yep, uh, a little at Holy Cow Ice Cream Cafe dot com and uh, at Holy Cow Ice Cream Cafe on uh, Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. So right, so you got to follow Mike so you can find exactly. out when the store opens. I'm sure he's going to do a special promo when they open, right? You're, you're Don't tell them where. <laughs> 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 but no re- promo. Regardless, no, I mean, I wish you the best of luck with the second store. I I truly believe it's going to be successful because you've already done that in Gloucester. The people, the neighborhoods rewarded you for that for putting in all that hard work and taking all the risk. And I think in Peabody you're going to have the same results. It's just it's a guarantee as far as I'm concerned. So I just want to wrap this up, Mike. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, on the absolutely. Show today. This has yeah. been so much fun, man. Yeah, I wish we could do it longer, but yeah. you know, before they open their PVD <laughs> store, go check out their store in Gloucester. What's what's the address? Uh, Eighty Pleasant Street. It is um, across from Burnham's Field and next to the Yellow Sub and Saint Anne's Church, and it's pretty much central central Gloucester. Yeah, so, so if anyone's up there, North Shore, come by um, and ask for Mike if I'm not there. Uh, because I'm usually out back spinning, <laughs> spinning up some super premium. I mentioned this podcast. Maybe you'll get <laughs> yeah, something exactly. for it. We don't know. Maybe but. Nick will get some free ice creams <laughs> if he's bringing business my way. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you at the next one. See you later.